welcome to Dream It, Dare It, Do It, a podcast about living the life you want. This is Jasmine, and I have today my friend Lorna Davis. Hi, Lorna. Hey, Jasmine. Lovely to see you. Same here. Thank you for accepting my invitation. So people, Lorna and I, we did Supercoach Academy. I know listeners know that I'm like, constantly talking about it but hey that's what I did this year so that's what I'm talking about and I met a whole bunch of great people and Lorna was there with me so that's how I met her and Lorna was also part of the course that is uh, for sale on my website called find comfort in the uncomfortable so Lorna tell my people who are listening who you are and what you do <laughs> it's so funny you know because I used to have such a simple answer to that question and now I have no clue really <laughs> I, I, <laughs> in a good way yeah. um, you know I look at my bio and I go I don't even know who that person is I mean I know that I have a name and it's Lorna Davis and it's on my birth certificate and I know that I was born in South Africa uh, and I know that I live in New York City now and I know that I have lived in lots of countries and I have spent a lot of time in corporate life but none of that really is anything about actually who I am mm -hmm. um, and so I am today deeply passionate about a few things I'm really passionate about businesses uh, taking responsibility for their impact on the planet and I am a, an ambassador for the B Corp movement. And B Corp is a certification for businesses that have the highest social and environmental performance. Um, I'm on some boards of B Corps because I think it's really important that businesses that are operating in a way that's respectful for the planet and the people on it are celebrated and encouraged. Um, I am a speaker at a lot of conferences and so on about um, that subject and about the second subject that I'm passionate about, which is the extraordinariness of humans and how people do so much better with a settled mind. Mm -hmm. And that um, if people knew how amazing they are, when they settle down, um, their lives would be richer, fuller and more fun. So I sometimes speak about business and I sometimes speak about the individual and often about the two together. And I am deeply passionate about rhinos, um, black and white rhinos, mostly um, those two, although there are some in Indonesia. I'm very passionate about the two that are in Africa. Um, every day, three rhinos are killed because of their horns. Um, and it breaks my heart. And so I'm really passionate about um, protecting them, saving them. And I raise a lot of money and um, try and encourage um, efforts in that area. So that seems to be who I am these days. Um, and I also love country music. I really love avocados. And I love my dog, Stir Fry, who is not in the picture right now, but he's right over here. <laughs> he might show up in the he next might. bit. <laughs> so, um, so this is not 
you know, the, the question that I usually ask, but I saw something the other day and I need to ask you. Um, so I saw a, a Facebook post about rhinos and about how they had tinted the horns uh, of the rhino. Is that a good thing? Is that like? Well, it's a great idea. I, in yeah. fact, I meant to answer back to you. Uh, it's a great idea. It just doesn't work. No. Um, it, a lot of experiments have been done on it because um, it would be just terrific if you could uh, either dye the horn or potentially even poison the horn because mm. people um, kill rhinos because they think that the rhinos have magical properties. The problem is that rhino horns are basically fingernails and hair compacted together. And as a result, the dye doesn't spread through the, through the center oh. of the horn. So you can paint it on the outside, but it doesn't go through the middle. And the other sort of problem with it is that in order to get the, like to do anything to the horn, you, you have to tranquilize the animals. That means you have to catch it, you have to tranquilize it. So these days, if they do catch and tranquilize, they chop off the horn because if the horns keep regrowing, they regrow every 18 months to two years. And so that's a more effective way of protecting a rhino by actually removing its horn. But it's still incredibly invasive because you have, I mean, it's terrible to, to, to anaesthetize a huge creature like that and then chop its horn off. Um, but that whole attempt to dye horns was really enthusiastically pursued for a while until it was clear that it's simply, it's not didn't practical. Work. Mm. Mm. Doesn't, doesn't work. Yeah. Okay. So guys keep thinking about it and, you know, find a solution. And, <laughs> well, and if you would like to donate, um, you can go on the wildlife conservation network uh, website, which is wildnet.org. And there's a rhino recovery fund. And if rhinos are not your jam, there are elephants, lions, pangolins, lots of other things you can donate to. Because in this country, a very small, uh, this continent, because I know many of your, your listeners are in Canada, um, a very small percentage of money goes to wildlife um, conservation. So please, any, any penny that you can spare would be terrific for us. Cool. All right. So we've done the rhino bit. Now, <laughs> let me ask you. So th the podcast is called Dream It, Dare It, Do It. And, um, you know, the reason why I started the podcast was because I did a lot of things in my life. Like, you know, like it was kind of like, oh, I wonder, you know, and I would go ahead and I would just do it. And then I say, okay, okay, what about this? And I just go ahead and do it. And a lot of people you know, that I would talk to would be like, wow, some of them would be like, well, you're doing way too many things, you know, like, well, we're not in the 1920s where you, you know, you do a career for 30 years. And so that's not how it is now. And uh, I like doing lots of stuff. <laughs> and I, I also had these dreams of, you know, um, being something being someone being a, a singer for example this is like that was a dream I wanted to be a singer and then I became one and then I kind of like well that's not all it's cracked up to be so I kind of started to see that you know the dreaming the dreaming I had in mind 
was like not always aligned you know like it, they weren't I had a specific dream of being a singer but it wasn't just a singer it was a singer like this 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 mm. it had like way more implications than I actually thought and so I would I would get disappointed so mm. I saw that I had stopped dreaming at one point until I started seeing wait uh, that's not how it works and so I was wondering if you had ever, first of all, have you ever thought of, you know, dreaming in that respect? And what have you seen if you have? So it's interesting. I noticed that as you talked about that, I felt a little bit sad. Um, I remember years ago listening to um, Steve Jobs talking about you know it was a famous commencement speech about his dreams and his you know commitment to to his vision uh, and I remember um, being angry and upset at that podcast at that uh, at that speech because I had never had that kind of dream um, and and I kind of thought well maybe I'm supposed to have had that kind of dream um, my life has never occurred like that, but it has, um, it's had an interesting little misunderstanding in its, in its thinking that I think having noticed that has changed everything. So I used to just um, do whatever I thought was a good idea in front of me. So for example, if I look back at uh, all the jobs that I have, all the countries I've lived in, I basically just did them because people asked, them, asked me to, they offered them to me. And so I was kind of flattered. And so I said, yes. Um, the same is true of my relationships. You know, I got married, I've been married twice and I got married the first time to just a completely disastrous choice. And people said to me, why did you marry him? And I said, because he asked me and I didn't think anybody else would ask me. And so it seemed like mm, I should just do this. And so my life was very much just like, well, I'll do that and then I'll do that and then I'll do that. I mean, it just sort of unfolded. But there was a sort of a subplot going on through here, which was that somewhere along the line, I was sure I was going to be happy once I worked out what the recipe was, you know, um, like when I got married, well, maybe then I'll be happy, you know, when I get that promotion then maybe then I'll be happy then maybe when I move to that next country then maybe then I'll be happy um, and there was always a sort of a, a sort of implied pot of gold at the end of every little rainbow that seemed to pop up in front of me so in a weird way I had kind of the worst of both I didn't even have the dreams but I had the kind of well somewhere over there is going to be the land of happiness you know and uh, and it was like it took me a lot of, a lot of um, time, a lot of experiments to realize that it didn't work like that. Um, and now, of course, I see it certainly doesn't work like that. Like the place for, uh, first of all, I don't, I mean, the place for happiness, happiness is a weird concept to me these days, but the place of kind of being alive and being well and being, um, full of joy it's here right now this moment this body 
this country, this man, this computer, this dog the, the, here. Uh, I didn't, I never lived like that for the first pretty much, you know, I'm 60 now. So, you know, the first 58 or so years of my life, I was always trying to get somewhere else. Mm. Mm. So, that's 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 cool that's i i like that there's there was that inside which is <laughs> which is well but it's so when you were a kid you never had the thought of okay i want to be a i would that, dream of being no okay no i remember in fact i i know i grew up in south africa and that was apartheid south africa where south africa was very um you know there was a lot of censorship it was very constricted um, and I remember the only thing, I think the only thing that I remember thinking is I've just got to get out of this place. You know, I've mm. got to get out of this like um, contained place and I've got to be somewhere where there's more space, there's more freedom of thinking. Um, so that, that was definitely an impetus. Um, but, but it wasn't like, I, ne I never thought I would be in business. I, ne I never had any like real dreams, you know, I, I it, it, that's why it kind of makes me a little bit sad, you know? Mm. Well, maybe, you know, everything that happened is just to bring you to this moment now. And actually, you know, not a lot of people can see, can see that, can see that now is the only thing that's that exists I think like you both you and I have lost our mothers you know that hasn't been so long and and I think that you know I remember thinking if I, I don't know what I'm gonna do if I lose my mom you know mm -hmm. and and I went through like she was sick and and I was there with her and uh when she took her last breath and and I remember thinking wow, I, shouldn't I be like bawling my brains out? Shouldn't I be shaking or on a corner on the floor in a ball right now? And I wasn't, I was just so peaceful with, with it all, you know, like I, it was such a, and that was also, um, that was new. Like it was a new experience for me. Like, and I couldn't, really pinpoint well, what is this you know and the more that I've been talking with people and I've been looking like I think that that's the best way to experience the moment like it was I was just in the moment and I was accepting things the way that they were and the way that they weren't anymore mm. and I was just there mm. Mm. And that is, in my opinion, a great way to live life. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's not how it seems to work um, by structure, right? Mm -hmm. So we're in the moment and then we get caught up. Uh, and we go off somewhere else and then we come back again 
And, you know, one of the things I'm noticing these days is why, you know, I'm even surprised that I said, I don't even know that I'm interested in being happy anymore. Um, because I don't even know what that means. What I'm interested in is, is kind of the full catastrophe. You know, I had a really bad week last week, like, like bad as in full of thinking and, and I was, you know, bitchy and bad tempered and grumpy. And I had all sorts of old stories, you know, I don't know if, if you can recognize this the way that I'm going to say it, but you know how when you, you're thinking things that are so familiar that they feel like stale and old, it's like, oh my God, I have thought this exact same little shape of complaint like gazillions of times before. Mm -hmm. And I was in that weird space of being in it and seeing that I was in it. And I was, I was just seeing that I was in it didn't, didn't get me out. I was like, but I, but seeing that I was in it met, made me realize that it wasn't going to last forever. I just didn't realize how long it would take, you know? Um, and what I realized afterwards. So, so, so first of all, I said some things to some people around me during this bad stage that actually turned out to be quite helpful that I wouldn't have had the courage to say if I hadn't been, you know, thinking such bitchy thoughts. Um, so it's like, oh, that's interesting. So even in my most caught up, my most not in the present moment, my most complaining about the past, my most making up imaginary futures, I said some things that I, that turned out to be pretty helpful um, and opened up other conversations. But the second thing is I realized Oh my gosh, you know, that's me too. That, that's not like some aberration, that nasty, nasty, I keep using this word because I really wasn't a lot of fun, but I mean, that, that sort of snarly person, that is part of me too. And it's really the first time that I've seen that it's all okay. It's all okay. And, um, and, and so, you know, there are times that we're in the present moment. I mean, when my mother died, I went, I went through various stages. I was here, she died in South Africa in the time of COVID, I couldn't go. Um, but I went through all sorts of phases of thinking from, um, you know, devastation to relief to, oh, a whole catalog of things that I thought she should have been as a mother, all the theories that I had about how much better I thought she could have done the job. I mean, a whole lot of things. Um, because, of course, our mothers, our relationship with our mothers, our primary one, right? It's the one that we kind of use to push off against, if you like. Mm -hmm. um, and also just noticed how it was all okay. And one of the things that I'm noticing about my current where I am today, it's just so much more compassion I have for myself and for other people. I used to be so judgmental of everybody and myself. It was like, you know, it was like a judgment waiting for an object, you know? And now I just, it's just so, it's all okay. You know, even the judgy part is okay. Mm -hmm such it's such a great feeling it's such a great way to live it, it, you know i um i'm taking um coaching mastery with michael neal and um 
we had our first weekend a couple weekends ago and um one of the things that i saw and that's what it reminded me when you were talking one of the things that i saw is that all of the all humanity arises in me like i'm the space where everything arises like i and 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 i had them confused i was like okay well i am angry you know instead of i have anger like oh, anger just showed up and i could i could see anger i could see judgment mm-hmm. i could see happiness i could see joy i could you know like i'm not that i just can see it yeah yeah and it just it brings a different it makes me look differently because if i'm the one who can see right then i can keep looking at the anger and feeding that anger making the anger grow or i can go oh look there's anger and then and then look you know just look somewhere else tilt my head and go oh and look there's joy <laughs> and look there's peace look like it was kind of like that's kind of like what i yeah. kind of heard in what you were saying and it's okay it's all okay you yeah and and what's interesting is interesting as you were speaking i was thinking huh yeah and um like that whole question of how rem- removed we are you know like i said to you i love country music i love i love avocados love my dog um like when i'm in those things like i am like i'm fully in like there's no this is a, for example when I, i i love country music like straight up redneck you know middle of america which is bizarre why why would i i don't know it just moves me right yeah and i don't i don't think about it i'm in it so it's like and my thinking is in it you know i see a new song that comes from one of the guys or women that i like and i'm like i'm going to like it like i'm prepared to like it that's thinking attached thinking at its best you know i've decided i'm going to like it i mean i press play on spotify and i'm in love with that song just and that's like wow You know that's the same thinking that I get grumpy with when it like takes me down a rabbit hole that doesn't feel good. But I I I get that I I got to have it's all it I got I, I get I get it all, right? Yeah, and I don't do. want Yeah, and I don't want to be so cool and distant and remote from stuff that I don't, you know, blindly listen to my favorite music or I mean I was thinking about avocados as well, you know, the other day I I mean, avocados don't even taste of anything. You know, I love them. Apparently, I love them. But I chop them up. I chop them in half. And then I fill them with all sorts of stuff. You know, I put salt. I put miso sauce. I smash them around. And then I put them on top of something else. Actually, they're really more a texture than a taste. You know, I could probably substitute them for something else. But I've decided I love them. And so I'm determined to love them. Again, it's a great example of how we, you know, our thinking brings us so much joy. 
Yeah, that's how that's that's what we do. That's how we that's why we're human beings. Yeah. You know? like, <laughs> I'm going to be loving avocados right now. <laughs> so, wow, it's like it's it's such a um, uh, an interesting inquiry. It's like it's an exploration. It's like, OK, how how do you like how do you look how 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 are you looking at your things like you know, earlier today i i was invited to a podcast and i was actually thinking about um like we were talking about what we do as human beings obviously like we do and everything and what came to mind was the first time i realized that like the first time I looked within and I saw something from within me I was studying feng feng shui like it looks like like I'm going like left field here but stay with me I'm coming Uh, with you (laughs) so I was studying feng shui and in feng shui what they talk to you about is like you know put your stuff in certain directions you're gonna have certain energies and all of this and and you know look at your areas and this area is this is going to be your relationships this is going to be your career like these that's what they do and I was you know in the study of that and I saw myself do something I like I was looking at that apartment or the the area of I don't know relationships I'm gonna make it up because I don't remember exactly and there was something there there was something in the space right so i'm going to say this was that in the space and i was like okay i don't want to see this and i took it and i hid it in the back of something so i said okay so i'm not seeing it so that's good right <laughs> so i was like i fixed that and for the first time i saw that that's what i do in my life And I was like, holy shit, that's what I do in my life. When I don't want to see something, I don't put it away or I don't handle it or I don't solve the problem. I take the problem and I hide it in back of something (laughs) and then I pretend that it's not there. And then I forget it's not there most of the time because I probably look for that thing I hid forever. But that's what we do, right? But we're like we're so busy looking at the surface of it. Like, okay, so I took, I don't know, I took a pen and I hid the, I hid the pen. You know, a lot of people would say, well, I don't do that. I don't hide pens. It's not about the hiding of the pen. It's about why are you hiding the pen? What's the thing? And where do you trans bring this all over the place in your life? Yeah, and I think the point as well is that um, it's about just seeing something. And it's amazing mm-hmm. how, you know, insights can come, they don't, you know, they're random, right? I mean, we know this and your, your, your favorite mentor and mine, Michael Neal, talks about, about um, the fact that, you, you know, you can't make them happen. But if you stand around on a platform, you're likely to have a train gone by. And if you're in this inquiry, you're likely to have some interesting 
insights come along at some point. They won't be the ones you expected. They won't be, you know, sometimes I have one and I think, good God, I've had that one 10 times and I keep on apparently having to have that insight. Um, but other things I have an insight and then that behavior kind of shifts completely. So for example, one of the things that I, I've noticed and I only just thought about it this week um, is I used to be terrified of um, needles, really terrified of needles. And um, I was thinking that I have to go and have my, you know, I have to make an appointment for my blood test for the new year in January. So, you know, so all those things one does at the beginning of the year. And I realized, oh, you know, there was a time when in October, I would start panicking about the blood that I was going to have taken in January. And now I don't. I mean, I still don't like needles, but I don't have to think about not liking needles until January. And then I remember that last year, um, I didn't start stressing about the needle until I actually got in the room. And even then, it wasn't that bad. But I mean, at least I wasn't thinking about it months in advance, you know. So there's certain things that seem to have changed quite dramatically. But then and I, there's another insight that I seem to have to have all the time, which is the insight that if I'm trying to get something right, um, like I saw this, you know, my dog hurt his leg and I, I was going to have an operation for him. And then I changed my mind and, and I was sort of hysterical. Um, and I realized that I was trying to get it right. And I thought, oh my goodness, just like you with the hiding of the pen, I realized I, I spent a lot of time trying to get things right. And when you're trying to get things right, you're screwed basically because get things right, you made up anyway. I mean, I make up the rules of right. And, you know, best case scenario, I kind of pass my own test, which is rapidly followed by another test that I set up for myself. Worst case scenario, I fail my own test, which is rapidly followed by another test that I set up by myself. And I, I saw this like crystal clear standing on the street on my way to the vet. And I thought to myself, oh, cool. I've seen that now. That's, that's that one gone. Ah, not so fast. No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, I have to, I, I've seen that. I see that like every second day now. I see, oh, there I am doing that again, uh, making up a set of rules about what is good and what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. Okay, cool. So that seems to be a habitual thing of mine. But, you know, it's, um, it's I'm, I'm, I'm becoming more and more comfortable with the randomness of, of the insights. And I'm also becoming more and more comfortable with the fact that, you know, with that example that you just used, um, there's a part of me that would say, oh, oh, okay. So it's all about the pen. Um, I, I, and I would miss the point that it's about the insights. Then I would start running around looking at what I do with all my pens, <laughs> which, which is not the point either, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But again, you know, it's all, it's all okay. You know, it's all, it's all fine. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's, it's like, it's looking, it's, it's looking in different, in a different way. Like we can look when we can look at something and see it differently, just in the way that we're coming from. Right. Absolutely. Like, like I'm always, I always think of that, you know, when you're, when I'm looking outside at night, you know, like I'm looking outside, well, 
I can see me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can look at me in the mirror. Or I can just look outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and see what's going on outside. So, like, a lot of the time I'm looking at me. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, when I'm looking at me, I'm not seeing much of what's going on out there. (laughs) No, that's one of the reasons why I'm so happy to have discovered the hide self you button in Zoom, you know. Yeah. (laughs) When this pandemic started, I used, you know, the first three months, I reckon, I didn't realize that I could take myself away from that top right corner of the screen. And I used that. I mean, I never saw the other person. I'm constantly looking to see whether my hair's okay and whether, you know, and now I don't look at myself. I get to actually look at the other human. I mean, it's pretty ridiculous, but it took me so long. <laughs> Funny. Well, well, I think, you know what? I think that we've, uh, we've covered the subject. <laughs> Well, I, I'm sorry that I didn't have any more interesting dreams, given that that's the name of your podcast, but it's been fun coming on your podcast. Thank you. Well, and by the way, can I give a plug to the fact that you are just a legendary person at setting up podcasts? <laughs> yes, you can. If and so set up podcasts. And so please, if any of the people listening want to set up a podcast, Jasmine is available to hire for <laughs> setting up your podcast. There you go. Thank you for the plug. Um, All right. So if anybody, like, let's say somebody wants to get in touch with you, how could they get in touch with you? I've got a website called lornadavis.net, or okay. one word, uh, or you can find me on LinkedIn if you're a businessy person. Okay. Um, and if you're interested in my TED Talk, I've got a TED Talk hmm. about collaborative leadership. So you can just Google Lorna Davis TED Talk and you'll see what I thought about that subject a year ago <laughs> and if you want to know what she thinks about it now you can call her up <laughs> yeah exactly call me now okay well listen thank you very much for accepting my offer it's always great to chat with you thank and you. um and to everybody else listening thank you very much for tuning in and uh remember dream it dare it do it and uh, i'll see you at the next episode bye Oh, 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 oh,